What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and today we have a really cool panel put together. I'll let them introduce themselves in just a second here, but we're going to be talking all about locums and have some really fun questions lined up. So let's jump right in and meet our panel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Financial Residency Podcast. Happy to have you guys here. Joan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and start us off? Okay, so I'm Joan Pellegrini. I am a trauma critical care surgeon. I've been out in practice for 21 years. Left my full-time job in 2015 after doing some locums. I now have a half-time job as a general surgeon and half-time doing locums for trauma critical care and loving it and wish I had figured this out a few years ago. Well, we're going to dive in a bit more on that, but thank you so much for being here and giving us some of your time today. Nick, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Ryan. My name is Nick Kuznetsov. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, board certified military, actually, for at least another six months. Practicing out in the middle of Tennessee. I'm a generalist, specialized mainly in joints and sports with locum coverage, predominantly level one trauma centers. So that's how I keep fresh with my trauma skills. We appreciate your service and appreciate you being here today. Excited to learn a bit more about you and your experience with locums. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Rip, last but not least, definitely. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks. I practice emergency medicine. I'm based out here in Houston. I've been out of training for about, or out of residency for about seven or eight years now. I do part-time academics. I'm on faculty at the Baylor College of Medicine here in Houston. And then I started my first year out of training in a kind of one of the corporate staffing company groups in emergency. Didn't really like it for a year. Started doing locums with some agencies and now I actually do full-time locums. I have a small locums group of a couple of guys and we cover rural ERs in several states across the South. I really enjoy it. I probably couldn't do anything else. And um, talking actually about locums and work with Locum Story and other groups for a couple of years now. So thanks for having me. Oh, excited to have all of you here. I appreciate your time. Uh, so today we have some questions that were presented by Locum Story, which is our sponsor for today. They put together some questions and we have a little roulette wheel. So I apologize for those that are listening and not able to see us. But we have a little roulette wheel and there's 13 numbers on this wheel. We're going to spin it at random and we'll go in the same order that we introduced you guys onto the show. Whatever the number hits is whatever the question we're going to get asked. And then I'll have you answer. So Joan, you are going to lead us off and uh, I will click here and let's see what the random picker wheel is going to hit us on. It was question number 11, which was what's the deal about taxes? Yeah, I got the hard one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the deal about taxes. If you live in a state that has income tax, which some don't, but anyway, you pay your state income tax. Then wherever you work, so let's just make it easy. Let's say you work one other state. So you pay your taxes to that state also, assuming that they have an income tax, and then you can deduct that from your home state's income taxes. Some states, if I just do a little bit of work in them, and hopefully the federal government isn't listening, I just ignore their request for taxes because if it's only a thousand or two thousand dollars, they pretty much just leave me alone. Now I will say, if you do your own taxes then you need to buy the multi-state TurboTax, 
So I often will have worked in three or four states each year and my husband does my taxes. And so he will put in for all those states and then deduct it from Maine's taxes. So that's the deal about the taxes. If you live in a low income state and you work in a high income, you're going to have to pay those high, I'm sorry, income tax. You're going to pay the high income tax. Maine is pretty high income tax. So it doesn't hurt me to work anywhere else because they're all pretty much lower. The only thing is it doesn't save me anything either. So that's kind of the deal about taxes. They are going to get you no matter what. <laughs> that's true. I think the high takeaway on that is don't think just by earning income and it being locums that you don't have to pay tax because you have to pay tax federally and also in the state working in. I did want to add one thing. So as somebody that has lived in Alaska and then New Hampshire being approximate state, so both those states have no income tax. If you are a locums in those states, but you're working in a state with income tax, you have to pay that tax to that state that you're working in. So you can't just say, I live in New Hampshire or Alaska or wherever else there's no income tax. They want their money. Gentlemen, do you want to add anything to it or should we go to the next question? I'll jump in. I'm clearly not as intelligent as Joan. I wish I was, but I had a very terrible day for doing my taxes. And I think two years ago, I ended up paying the IRS an additional $20,000 because they didn't do my taxes properly. I'm sure we've all been there. So I don't know why it took me a while to realize that for locums, every specialty, there's CPA firms that specialize in just locums, healthcare professionals. I think I'd done a talk with one of them a couple of months ago, but I use one of them now and they're great and their fees are low and they do your bookkeeping with your taxes in one shop, which really helps to prevent any discrepancies in your taxes. So I do a monthly fee to them. They take care of all my taxes in like the five other, four or five other states I'm in. That's it. I should know more about taxes. Shame on me. Joan, you've inspired me. <laughs> no, I'm married to so I've never oh. filled out a tax. I've never filled out a tax return in my life. I got married <laughs> at 21 to a guy who does math problems to keep himself occupied when we're on bike runs. So he loves taxes. So <laughs> maybe not smart, but I lucked out in the spousal department there. <laughs> I do this for a living, and I don't do our own taxes or like it. I use uh, John McCarthy at Physician Tax Advisors. And he does all my stuff because I'm just not into tax code. And I get actually sick when I look at how much tax I end up paying. <laughs> all right, Nick, you are up, sir. So we are going to spin the wheel again. Spin me. Question number five came up. All right. What have been some of the challenges you've had with locums, the pros and the cons? I mean, locums does afford you a lot of latitude, but sometimes there's uh, within that freedom, logistical issues can arise. I think that first and foremost, cons would be the logistics scheduling. You know, sometimes there are discrepancies between your schedule and what they have you scheduled for travel, you know, especially if you're traveling around the holidays or in this day and age where all the rental cars are sold out pretty much anywhere you go, travel can be a little bit of an issue. So it's just something that, you know, whenever I'm planning a locums assignment, I make sure that I've got it down to a T in terms of not just the scheduling with the hospital, but hotels, travel, all of that. Obviously, you know, the way the question was worded was a little bit funny just in terms of the pros and cons, but I think there, I could go on and on about the pros. I mean, I'm a big believer in locums. I think going back to the latitude, I think it affords you a tremendous amount of freedom to make your own schedule and to really ask for what you want, get your ideal job and, you know, figure out when you want to work. Yeah, I think that's the biggest pro that we hear with a lot of our clients that talk to us about it is that they get to pick their schedule. 
and get to kind of dictate some of that. And sometimes they get paid more and they get excited about that until we talk about taxes and then they don't get as excited. But <laughs> do either of you want to add on to this question? I would like to add on that if you're doing strictly locums, one of the cons is health insurance. I live in a state that did not become part of the marketplace. I don't have access to it if I don't have an employer. The other con is retirement savings, which we'll talk about in a different question if you're strictly locum. So the other thing I'll say is you can pick when you want to work. However, if you say no a lot, you won't get called. So you got to be a little flexible. I mean, it's not as bad as when you're employed and they say, oh, you know, we told you that you get that holiday off, but we changed our mind and you're sort of stuck. So it's not that bad, but you got to have some flexibility or you're going to have just a hard time getting scheduled for anything. Yeah, it makes sense. If you keep saying no, you don't come back. I'll chime in on that one too. I think Nick pointed out a lot of the, the pros. I think for emergency specifically, because we do shift work medicine, I think sometimes your job may not be inherently stable with the climate right now and with so many of these large staffing companies taking over contracts and kind of sinking groups and hospitals being equally culpable going to staffing companies. And so I think when you have multiple jobs, multiple areas, kind of like a stock portfolio, if you diversify yourself, you get paid more. It's geographical arbitrage to me. You arbitrage yourself across multiple areas. You find places you like to work. And then unfortunately, ER, you're at the mercy of administrators and so many factors out of your control. So if you're in a place you don't like anymore, you can just sort of politely not go back. On top of the pay, making your own schedule and really kind of managing your own burnout whenever you want to cut back a little bit. Speaking my love language, talking about diversifying portfolios and <laughs> arbitrage. That's right. I love it. All right, let's go to the, the spinning wheel and let's do it. Okay. Oh, random picker wheel number three. So question three. Have you found, Rip, this is for you. Have you found the compensation to be similar to other locums work? Like how does compensation compare? Is it same, better? Is there struggles? I asked a lot in that question, but if you get the <laughs> joke. For our national conference every year, uh, Locum Story sponsors the White Coat Investor. And I think he had mentioned it on, I think one of his talks, which is a great point. Within specialties, the income span is just incredible. So people that complain about their compensation, I don't think they understand there's so much earning potential and it's just your job to go find it. And especially in emergency, if you want to live in Austin, Texas and walk and bike to your hospital, I mean, you're probably gonna have to pay them to work there. I mean, it's just so oversaturated, you know, but if you get flexible, the rates I found for emergency are, are much plus. I could go on and on about the financial models of how we're paid, but I'm a very simple pay me an hourly rate. I want to know how much I'm making. I'm not doing productivity bonuses. I just, they have a lot of hundred percent RVU where you walk in making no money and you better hope patients come in and it just creates a lot of weird friction on your shift when you go home. And so I'm hourly paid overtime is covered and these are my rates. And if you cut it, I'm out. It's pretty simple. But yeah, I found the rates are much higher based on need, especially in states like Missouri and New Mexico. So I tell people, if you want to consider making more, you just need to be flexible. Well, it's back to that geographic arbitrage. Exactly. I much prefer everything in finance to be simple. So pay me an hourly rate. And if you cut it, I leave is exactly. my jam. That'd be way easier than everything else we kind of see <laughs> get tossed in. But do either of you have anything else you want to maybe chime in on about comp? 
I think my main point would be just know what your time is worth. For me, when I got out of residency and started doing locums, I think that I was pretty much open to whatever assignments were available. You know, the rate didn't matter. I just wanted to get my foot in the door. After your foot's in the door and you're plugged in with five, six, seven different companies who all come at you with similar jobs and different rates or payment structures, I think you start to figure out, you know, what you think you deserve on an hourly basis. And I tell myself, you know, I won't get out of bed for less than X amount of dollars a day or X amount of dollars an hour. And I think that I agree. I mean, you can find locums that pay similar to full-time employment in large cities. You can find it pay similar to full-time employment in rural areas. I mean, there's a huge spread just even within locums itself and across companies. So I think it's just kind of knowing what you're comfortable getting because you can always push for more and you can always settle for less. It's just, you know, you want to walk away feeling like you got paid fairly for what you did. Yeah, that's an excellent point. We're going to cycle back over to Joan now and go to the random picker wheel. And it is question number 12. What is one reason that you work locums? Okay. So the main reason I work locums is to keep my options open. And we've kind of mentioned large companies buying out groups, particularly in emergency medicine. My thing being in trauma, critical care, and general surgery is when you take a permanent job, and then all of a sudden there's a shift in the management or a shift in the population or whatever, you may be out of a job and you've sort of sunk everything into that job. So by doing locums, you're, you know, you're out there and you're keeping your options open. The second reason for me is I want to keep my trauma and my critical care going. So that's not an option in this tiny little hospital that I do general surgery at. I love this hospital. It's a great place, but I intend to retire in just a few years and do only locums a week, a month or so of just critical care, or maybe trauma critical care. So I need to keep that going. So at this point, I'm actually working a little more than I want because I'm trying to maintain the locum side and my half-time perm job for another couple of years. So, but it's a huge benefit for me to be able to dance on both sides of this fence. Nick or uh, Rip, do you guys want to maybe say the one reason? I think me starting, it was the freedom and I'd kind of chime in on what Joan was saying. For emergency, there's just so much you have to know. And working in places where my backup is minimal, I feel very comfortable being single coverage, having to deal with pretty much any emergency. I may have an OB, a general surgeon, an orthopedic surgeon, that's it. And so going from there and working in other places, I just feel my skill set continues to improve. And so on top of which adapting with different staffs, different EMRs, different transfer systems, admission systems. So I feel like I've been doing it enough and worked in so many states and ERs. I feel much more comfortable going into work. Just a little less stress when I'm going to work every day. Less stress working in the ER. I don't think <laughs> you hear that. Yeah. <laughs> a little less stress. <laughs> it stresses me out driving by one. So. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're up. Let's see what the wheel gives us. Number seven. So question number seven is... Based on your experience and those of your peers, are there fields or specialties that are better than others with respect to locums? Yeah, I mean, I think I could speak to orthopedics for sure. I think it's each specialty is kind of its own beast, mainly because, you know, for example, ER, and I'm sure Rip can speak to that more kind of shift work and a little bit more block scheduling. I think that from an orthopedic standpoint or from a surgical standpoint, you know, I think that uh, locums is really an excellent opportunity to, you know, speaking to what Joan said earlier, really expand your breath or maintain skills that might otherwise atrophy at 
whatever institution you're set up at. So from a military standpoint, you know, a lot of centers may be lower acuity. You know, there aren't that many military level one trauma centers. And so, you know, in order to keep fresh with, you know, pelvic injuries and open femur fractures and stuff that you might've seen in residency and might drop off when you're off in practice by yourself. You know, I think locums really affords you the opportunity. You know, it's can all you can eat buffet. I mean, you can really choose whatever you want and you can do as much as you want and be as busy as you want. So, you know, I think from a surgical standpoint, I think it's really an excellent opportunity. Do you guys have anything to add about whether it's your experience or those of your peers about fields or specialties that are maybe better for locums than others? I think emergency, just like Nick was saying, works great because it's block scheduling. And so you can sort of, you know, we don't have any set patients. And so we can sort of do more shifts, left shifts, do shifts in a row, do week on, week off. There's just so many ways and there's so much, I think people get overwhelmed by how much freedom you have in your schedule, maybe because we've been sort of Stockholm most of our lives and, you know, medical school, residency, fellowship, and now you have all these options for what you could do. It's overwhelming for people. It's worked out pretty nicely for me. I was just going to add, you know, obviously shift work is can kind of jump in, pull your shifts. For hospitalists, that's a pretty good one. They do seven on, seven off. Pretty easy to come in. GI is another one that's pretty good. A lot of hospitals just need them to come in and catch up on their backlog of scopes. I think hard ones are the ones that are very office-based if you're in a small group so they can't pick up the continuity. If you're in a large group, you may just be filling in for a little bit and the continuity stays when you leave. Yeah, I remember my wife after training did locums work. We were in Vegas at the time. She was working in Fresno doing locums and loved it because she'd work five days a month. She'd go up and keep her skills up, enjoyed everyone she worked with, which was a huge bone, and then come home and we had two little kids. And so she'd spend some time with them. Just that was her gig. She said, I'm going to get, you know, I'm taking a break for a whole year. That's not going to happen. I know that three or four months in after boards, it was like, I'm going to do some locums. I'm like, cool. She enjoyed it. Okay. So I think we are on rip. The wheel says number four. Oh, that's a good one. Have you traveled to fun places for locums that turn into maybe a fun vacation? Yeah, that's a great question. As I've done locums, I started kind of working with some agencies and then one of my agents at Comp Health, great guy, Rich was like, Hey, why don't you look into going to New Mexico? It wasn't even on my radar. You could get another state license and work in another state. I was just so new to all this. And so I started working in Santa Fe. I love mountain biking and hiking. So it was great. And so every time I'd work there, I'd extend it out for a day or two. I made so many great friends. And so I've worked in there, worked a lot in Vermont, parts of New Orleans. And really what I'll do is I'll either stay after or come a little bit and make a day out of it and do hiking or, you know, road tripping around. When I worked in South Arizona, we would drive from there to San Diego, two hour drive or so, and then spend three or four days on Ocean Beach. It was just incredible. So yeah, absolutely. There's so many pros to what you can do with it outside of just money, working in really cool parts of the country, seeing different things, different patient populations. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, just honey, do you want to do logums in Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys had any fun vacations that, you know, were work slash vacation at all? I believe that almost any place you go in this country can be made into a vacation. I'm very sort of, I could be happy anywhere. So pretty much every state I've gone to, I've taken an extra day or two at the beginning or the end and I go exploring. And I love to bike. So in Pennsylvania, I'll bike all those trails 
Boise. I did some fly fishing. Alaska's where I'm from. So I just visit all my friends and family. Philadelphia. Oh my God, I love Philadelphia, but I don't think people understand what living in the boondocks is like. I have no bakery. I have like no cheese shop. No... (laughs) So if I'm in a big city, then I just go food shopping and I check a bag. I think it's all your attitude. Some people are like, oh, you're going to Boise? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, Boise's awesome. Boise was awesome. So, I loved it. Oh, Taylor, I moved there. Like that place is awesome. Oh. Yeah. So I think it's your attitude. I mean, I think probably even the most boring place I've ever been was Springfield, Illinois. And even that had some pretty fantastic biking. No offense to anyone listening. <laughs> from Springfield. Yeah, I, took a, I took a road trip to Springfield from Hannibal. Just to echo on your point, Hannibal, Missouri sounds like an uncool town. It's like the home of Mark Twain. I stayed in like a Mark Twain house and I'd go to the museums and I drove up to Springfield to go see like Abraham Lincoln's birthplace and everything. So I totally agree. Every part of the country has really cool things to see. You just got to have the right attitude. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I poke fun of the Midwest. My wife is from Kansas. And so I joke about that, but like, Hey, they have the chiefs, they have barbecue. Like I'm good. It works. Let's go back to the wheel. Question number 10. This is for Joan. Have you ever brought your family along with you? Yeah. So I started doing locums when my kids were already mostly grown high school. Philadelphia was a, I think I did that locums for like five years between the kids, my husband and their nanny, everybody accompanied me at least once on the trips. I tried bringing my husband along for a few other trips like to Williamsport, but then he always had some emergent case or something. So pretty much I prefer to go by myself because I don't like the stress of having to finish up what I'm doing and entertain my husband or kids. I do have to counsel against that. If you're going to bring some family along, make sure that they can entertain themselves because the job that you're doing may suddenly be very busy and you don't want them to be sitting in a hotel room stewing that you're working because that's what you're there for. Or bring the family along for a pre-work vacation or a post-work vacation. Yeah, we always worried about that when Taylor was doing locums up in Fresno. was like, if we went with her, what are we going to do with two kids that were under two and a half or three at the time. And I'm going to be in a hotel room with them with no car. Like I'm okay. It was hard enough with two under three, but what about you guys? Have you guys ever brought family along with you and did work? Yeah. My family comes pretty much everywhere with me. I have a wife and two young daughters. I mean, they're fans of the hotel buffet and swimming pool. And we'll usually do the recon for the town while I'm at work. And so, you know, by the time I get off, they kind of have an idea of where they want to go and when and yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. It turns into, you know, spinoff family vacations and we see different parts of the country, you know, whether it's Southern California or Cynthiana, Kentucky. I mean, speaking to Joan's point too, I think there's sites pretty much in every town that you can end up in and there's always a few touristy spots and some other stuff going on. I think COVID made so many people remote now. And so bringing your significant other girlfriend with you is just so much more feasible if they can work remotely. So really they can travel with you anywhere. So um, it makes COVID or it makes um, doing locums work so much more feasible now. So we are going back to the wheel for question number six. I believe this is Nick's question. Would you recommend locums to someone at various parts of their career? Where in their career would you recommend someone to actually try out locums? I mean, honestly, I think you can jump in at any time, you know, 
from my perspective, I started locum straight out of residency. Again, just to keep fresh on trauma skills, I trained at a level one trauma center and, you know, going to a more rural hospital, I didn't want all my training to kind of atrophy. And so I jumped right in and have been consistently with it for the past few years. I think that you can easily make an argument, as Joan was saying, kind of continue to kind of do locums or and or leave kind of a primary practice and solely do locums. I think there's really opportunities at every end of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I wish I'd done it right out, but I had such a terrible time my first year working with a big group that I was just, you know, I'm like, this isn't the kind of medicine I want to practice. But I think I tell my residents, especially with COVID, when jobs went down and there were no jobs and in emergency, they're, they're training a lot of new grads as well. And so I say, even if you don't want to make it out of your full-time career, if you want to live in like New Orleans or a very desirable city, Austin or whatever, there may not be a job there. And so you may need to do something kind of like you were talking about with your wife doing while a job may open up. But I tell them maybe try doing it part-time while you get a job, maybe a part-time job and then a part-time locums, see how you like it. And if you like it, then you can get more, look more into it, do more shifts and go from there. All right. Moving back to the wheel. I think this will be our last question for today. And it is number Eight. So I think, Rip, we're on you. Oh, this is a good one to end on, actually. Tell us your favorite locum story. It's actually really uh, clever. I just realized that considering that locum story is the sponsor of today's show. <laughs> I love it. See what you did there. I wish I could take credit. That was big brained. I think when I was working in Vermont, I worked um, an hour south of Burlington. And it was trying to explain to people why a Texan would come up to Vermont was, you know, it was interesting. And I absolutely loved it. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. I was sad when they didn't kind of need me anymore. But anyway, it was a rural critical access hospital. And I had a woman there who needed to get drained. She had ascites. She had liver cirrhosis. So she accumulated fluid in her abdomen. So about every week to two, she'd have to get drained. I think the prior ER physicians, they had a hard time getting ER physicians. So they had family doctors working there a lot. So when I saw her several, every time I was there for several months and I do her paracentesis strain out the fluid for her. And, you know, a lot of my patients in the ER, I give them my card, which has my cell number on it. If I do a procedure or worried about them. And so she ended up calling me, I think like three months later at working in Vermont. And she was like, Hey doc, are you working this week? And I was like, I'm in Texas. <laughs> I'm not going to be there. Unfortunately, ever. She's like, Oh no. Like who's going to drain me now? They have family docs now and this guy doesn't feel comfortable. So it was really nice. And it's nice to bring what Nick and Joan were saying, bring in this skill set you've accrued through all your years of locums to places and parts of the country that I think really need it. And I go back to Houston does not need another position. We have the largest medical center in the world, like an ER position. But I think all these rural parts of the country really do need kind of all specialties, people that can provide service there. And and you get compensated more. So what's wrong with that? I think that is such a cool compliment to get that from someone to yeah. <laughs> when you're coming back and how can you help them? That's a really cool thing. Joan or Nick, do you guys want to add in a favorite locum story as we end out the show? I have a very fun favorite story when I was doing my very first stint of locums in Boise, Idaho at St. Alphonsus. And I had this horrible car crash guy that I was taking to the OR to do a thoracotomy, laparotomy. I mean, he was really squished and he had a big hole in his left ventricle. And so I said, oh, well, is there a cardiothoracic surgeon on? And they said, yeah, we'll call him in. And so of course, by the time he showed up, I mean, I already had that thing fixed and I already had the lung out and 
I'm like fixed and we're just sort of chatting. He's like, so where are you from? And all this, it turns out, I told him I was from Alaska. He was from Alaska. He was my father's ex-partner from, my father was a cardiothoracic surgeon. He was his ex-partner coming down. And so he was much older than me. He was my father's age. So he's helping his ex-partner's daughter in the OR in the middle of the night in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> like totally small world. Yeah. Loved it. And the guy lived and walked out of the ICU. <laughs> I think that's the best part of the story right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's work. Nick, you want to round us out with a cool locum story for you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few off the top of my head. I think, you know, trauma wise, you know, I think potentially on a different note, a story that sticks out is my very first locum assignment I picked up was in Cynthiana, Kentucky. So kind of middle of nowhere, four hours from where I was. I was excited to get started. Drove out there, stayed at a little place. It was probably the only hotel there. It looked like a flipped house. It's called Ashford Acres Inn, I think. And we stayed there. They had kind of a few things on display inside, which looked like old antiques. I went to work at the hospital and they had some wings that were closed down, they said, for tours. And I never really thought too much of it. And so, you know, a day or two later, I was staying at the hotel and I started to look around and they had a bunch of comic books in there. And it was the original Walking Dead series. I guess the original writers of the series used to live there. That was the hospital that Rick wakes up in the comic books. So they had originally offered it to the town to film it there. But they declined because they didn't want any bad publicity. And so they gave that up. And I guess they moved it down to Georgia. But that's where all the comic books are based out of Harrison Memorial Hospital in Scythiana, Kentucky. That is cool. As a Walking Dead fan, I love hearing that because I did not know. (laughs) That would speak to some people. Sadly, I'm probably the only nerd that was like, oh, this is great. Everyone's like, (laughs) I love that story. That's cool. Thank you, all three of you for being on for spending some time with us. I know your time is extremely valuable and important. This was really fun to hear the diverse backgrounds and, and answers. I appreciate your time for being here. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, it was Ryan. a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us, Ryan. It's thanks. good to meet everybody. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good meeting y'all. This is for entertainment purposes only. Do not take this as investment advice. My dad is only a fiduciary for his clients. Have a great day. Bye.